All right, and we are live and we are back. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning out there. Welcome to the Coffee with Rhonda show. We are back and I'm so excited. And I have these amazing women here in front of me. So hello, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. It's so fun to be back. Good evening for me, but soon morning oh, that's right that's right we have to remember that after this uh Miranda bed because <laughs> it is what time you are uh, Murray? it's uh five past eleven so. five yeah. past eleven well yeah, we yeah. are so happy that you're able to join us and we want to just welcome everybody to the show. Um, we've been on a little bit of a break, so it is really, really lovely to be back. So I want to say again, happy Saturday to everyone. Uh, we're welcoming you once again to the Coffee with Rhonda show where, you know, a group of us get together, coaches, thought leaders, you know, uh, we get together and we really just talk about what's happening in the world, what's happening in life, what our leaders are dealing with and what we all might be dealing with in our own lives. So before we introduce um, everyone and, and before we introduce the rest of our guests and our co-hosts, um, just a couple of housekeeping items. First of all, if you're out there, don't forget to tell us your name and where you're watching from. Even if you're watching on the replay, we still follow up and we still respond and we want to know what's in your cup. So don't forget to like and share the video and comment on anything that resonates with you. And then also, please visit uh, the coffeewithrondashow.com, coffeewithrondashow.com, because that is our YouTube channel, and we are moving mainly to a YouTube platform. So we don't want you to miss an episode so that you can subscribe, you know, and just talk to us as we go through this broadcast, because, you know, we like to talk to ourselves, but we love talking to you also. So let's get started. My name is Rhonda Y. Williams, and I am the host for the show, and uh, I am an emotional intelligence strategist and leadership coach, and what I do is I really try to help leaders shift perspectives, and uh, that allows them to shift from overwhelmed to overjoyed, from stuck to unstuck, so that they, too, even as leaders, can live an amazing life that they love while they're doing the work that they're called to do. Uh, so that's a little bit about me. We're going to go around first and we're going to ask and um, we're going to actually start with our guest and we're going to ask her to introduce herself. But before I do, I almost forgot to tell you, I don't know if you can see my cup. This is my cup and it says be awesome today and every day. And I've got Matra um, Starbucks coffee in my cup. So we want to know what's in your cup. So, all right, Miss Carla Rotering, thank you so much for joining us. Tell us a little bit about you and what's in your cup. Okay. So for, I'm going to start with my cup. Okay. Because <laughs> my cup, my cu I don't know how to do this, but it, my cup says throw kindness around like confetti. Ooh. And it is full of coffee, which is my one of my favorite things. Um, my name is Carla Rotering. I am a pulmonary and critical care physician uh, in Phoenix um, and, uh, and also wear other hats. So I have uh, an incredible devotion to um, the well-being of all people uh, especially those people in medicine. So I work on health and well-being for um, 
the people of medicine. I'm also a coach uh, and I have a master's degree in spiritual psychology with an emphasis on consciousness. I'm really, um, uh, really aligned with the work that Rhonda does in terms of really expanding awareness, um, sort of lifting our consciousness, um, opening our hearts and our minds to fresh ideas and new thought, uh, and making a difference in the world. So that's who I am. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining uh, us, Carla. Carla is a very dear friend, and um, it's I am so excited that she could join us on the show today. And I think all of us together are going to have an amazing conversation. So thank you so much, Carla. And now let's go to you, Miss Ross. Welcome back. And tell us who you are and what's in your cup. Well, I have two cups. I have one cup with water. Then I have my other cup that says <laughs> Jazz About Success. Jazz about success, and that has my tea in it. So I have water and tea. I'm in the sunny state of Jacksonville, Florida. I bring you greetings. I'm Roz Jones, the CEO and owner of Jacksonville's Best Caregivers, where we provide four levels of specialized care to your loved one, center, homemaker, companion, home health aid, and certified nursing assistant. When you can't do it all, you give us a call. A call. <laughs> awesome, Ross. Thank you, thank you. And um, Ray, tell us who you are, where you are, and what's in your cup. Wow, I'm so happy to be back. I'm Mireille, Mireille Tilekima. I'm based in Perth, Australia. I'm uh, the greatness engineer. I have a background in uh, oil and gas, but uh, I actually upscale and expand myself to coaching and leadership. So I'm making sure through the Mireille Tilekima Global leadership organization that uh, people and organization become the best that they can be and reach self-actualization and make a positive impact in the world. So very happy to be here. I have my cup and it's full of uh, hot chocolate. <laughs> oh, hot chocolate, nice. Nice chocolate. Very nice. I've had hot chocolate in such a long time. You're gonna now have me thinking about hot chocolate with marshmallows. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm trying to not to gain a lot of weight. You see, because we're getting, you know, confined now, and I have to be careful. Well, you are so right, and I've been um, thinking a lot about what it means to not engage in my normal which is a great segue into our conversation today that we're going to have. Um, because our conversation that we want to talk about today is really about um, sort of where we are today, what we're dealing with, the whole COVID-19, uh, the coronavirus, um, what, what it means for us. And, um, and I want to talk about that from a few different perspectives and just, uh, you know, really have a robust conversation around it. As I thought about this, I thought about, so we have all of, we sort of compartmentalize ourselves into all of these different groups. You know, we've got leaders out there that are really trying to figure out how they lead their teams and their staffs while they're dealing with their own um, sort of emotional state. Um, we have business owners trying to figure out how to manage their businesses in this time of stress um, and reduce sometimes uh, business and clientele and revenue. Uh, we have all of us as moms and daughters and uh, people just trying to 
manage our own lives. And then we have our healthcare um, caregivers and providers and nurses and, you know, caregivers like Roz who are out there really trying to do the best that they can. So I want to just touch on a little bit of those. So what we're going to do out there, folks, is um, we're each going to sort of talk a little bit about things from our own perspectives. And then we'll just have some conversation around that. Don't forget to chime in, type your comments. If you've got questions, comments, things that are impacting you life. You may have come up with some best strategies for how you're managing in this situation. Then um, please share that. Um, Betty Speaks is out there and she says, greetings. Hi, Betty. Greetings back to you. Thank you so much for joining us uh, today. So um, I want to begin by, you know, I, I like to step back and take a look at things from that emotional intelligence perspective, because for me, it is such a clear roadmap and it helps me realign myself. Sometimes I find myself a little off track. And I can very easily go back and recenter myself and get back on the right path when I'm using those elements of emotional intelligence. And um, that's one of the reasons why I like to focus on those. So I'm going to talk first about um, some of the leaders that are out there and leading their teams in this busy and trying time. And I think about my time in leadership and my time as the chief nursing officer and a hospital CEO. And I try to imagine myself um, in this type of environment. Right. What, how would I get through this? How would I help the team? Um, even more importantly, how would I keep the team lifted so that they could do their very best work and then keeping myself lifted at the same time so that I can continue to support and serve um, the team? The first element that I think about in emotional intelligence is uh, the element of, as you mentioned it's earlier, Carla, self-awareness. You know, that place where you're trying to figure out what you're dealing with, what you're feeling, what are your own emotions, what's your own emotional state, so that then you can effectively manage that. Uh, I am a huge believer that if you are not aware of your own emotional state, it is very difficult to manage it, right? Mm -hmm. So if you don't know how you're coming across, how you're being perceived, what you are communicating and showing to the external world, then how do you, how are you able to manage that? So as a leader, I would think about you know, thinking about your own state, what you're feeling, why you're feeling it, allow yourself to be human, allow yourself in this time of this virus, we are confined or we're in a stay at home place. And, you know, only even when we walk outside and walk the dog, still keep our distance, all of that can be very challenging. So that emotional state, we could be dealing with anything from from um, sadness to grief to feelings of isolation to um, anger, to frustration, to so dealing with that and managing it. And then thinking about from a from an awareness perspective, shifting that over to others around you. What are you hearing from your team? What are they communicating? And I'm talking about going beyond words. What are they saying to you in terms of their tone, their expression? their behavior, and how do we deal with that? So I want to just have a quick uh, conversation around that for a moment, and then we're going to just start our roundtable, and we'll go to each of our co-hosts and guests and have them speak a little bit from their perspective. So thinking about this from the perspective of the leader who is in the midst of this trying time and trying to manage themselves and trying to manage their teams. You know, do you have any um, words of wisdom or strategies or even things that you're seeing in your own world 
um, that you could offer in, in, in relationship to that leader who's trying to manage this through. So, um, Roz, I want to start with you because I know that um, you are um, dealing with your own team and you know really managing and helping them try to get through this time as well so as a leader you know do you have any thoughts on ways that you're approaching this and how you might um, share that with others as as the announcement came out that there were going to be more people you know impacted by this as well as you know nursing home facilities private duty wherever the biggest thing that I have been trying to do with with my employees as a leader is to encourage them not to listen to TV so much, to encourage them to do things, to you know, read a, read a, a good book, journal, meditation, but try to stay off of social media and anything that's negative. You know, you have to look at both sides of the story. You know. What is, you know, I'm, I'm only hearing one side of the story, but I'm not hearing the other. Remember, there's always three sides to the story. There's yours and the truth. So I have to remind them that, hey, you know, do your due diligence when, if you are looking at TV, get the correct information. But I'm, I'm asking them not, number one, not to look at the social media and TV as much. If they have to, I can't stop them. Also, too, when they come to work, I'm asking them not to, bring it up to the client. If the client brings it up, listen to their feelings, mm-hmm. acknowledge it. I, you know, I understand that you, you know, feel like this. Everyone is feeling like that. It's all right to acknowledge that. Don't, don't sweep it under the rug. It's, it's here. We can't do anything about it, but you know, sometimes your presence is more important than you talking. And just to be there, to listen, to, to comfort the client, because all of my clients are over 90 years old. And they're fearful because they're hearing that if I get sick, I won't be treated and they're going to let me die. And that's where our fear is. So we have to, you know, continuously say, hey, you know, we're keeping you clean. We're keeping you safe. You know, we're trying to reduce the opportunity for risk for you getting sick, you know, by, you know, taking some extra precautionary measures. So that's some of the things I have been doing with my team. And then for myself, I have to walk in a different way to keep them lifted. And then I have someone that's taking care of me so that I'm okay. So, you know, there's accountability all the way down below me. And then I have people who are taking care of me, you know, uh, you know, business coaches, whoever, spiritually, you know, to make sure that daily that I set, I have to set the tone for my business and the employees and the people that they come in contact with. Wow. No, that's awesome, Roz. Thank you for, so much for sharing that. and. To hear that sort of the fear that the clients are um, having, and like you said, that's real. And how do we help? How do we acknowledge um, and support them in this really challenging time? So, um, Dr. Rotering, let's uh, come to you. And and as you you are a leader and have been for many many years, and you know are you know as you think about these times. What are your thoughts around just the leadership aspect of where we are when we're talking about leading and managing teams? Yeah, so in my particular teams, of course, right now are in a a very animated state, right? Um, And what I'm really noticing is that the presence and the presentation 
of the leader is contagious. Just as contagious mm -hmm. as the virus is, right? So we have a lot of conversation right now about, about infectiousness and contagion. And I think our awareness about how we show up and the, uh, the way that we show really has an impact on the capacity of the folks that we work shoulder to shoulder with and lead to stay in their wise minds, to stay in um, a, a, an inner state of peace when everything around us is chaotic. And one of the things that actually one of one of the people I work with said to me that I'm going to use as though it were my own, um, but it isn't, um, is said, you know, the lid's off the rabbit hole. Mm. When you see someone going down the rabbit hole, don't follow them. Right. Don't follow them. Lift a little bit, notice that, and help them come back to ground. Right. Mm -hmm. help them come back to ground um, and a few kind words and the best place to practice this by the way from my point of view is with ourselves when we notice ourselves going down the rabbit hole rather than rolling our eyes at ourselves or um, uh, being frustrated with our you know our repetitive patterns that are just old patterns and old habits and the things that we go to when the world doesn't feel quite safe or predictable. To be a little kind to ourselves and say, oh, there I go doing that again. And just settle for a moment. And I'm a lung doctor, so I have a great faith in using breath. A great faith because it's immediately available, right? You don't have to go anywhere and close the door and light a candle, uh, which I love. <laughs> which I absolutely love, but that's not available to us in our, and it's a great thing to teach those folks that we leave, the power of breath, the power of taking a large breath when we can feel our heart rates are high, our chests are tense, our jaws are clenched, all of those things. To take that big breath in, just pause for a moment. And as you just passively release that, don't push it, don't do anything, just release. You can feel the change in your body. You can feel yourself coming back home to yourself. You can feel yourself sort of um, uh, intercepting that emotional hijacking that's trying to occur and coming back to a place where you can be thoughtful, mindful, wise, and impactful. Mm -hmm. Wow. I, I love that because something as um, which seems as simple as your breath um, can be so powerful and really helping you move through, um, um, actually helping you transition states, right? Moving to the, from one state to another uh, in a way that's really helpful and intentional for you. So. Thank you so much um, for, for that. And Marae, you know, you're you're working with leaders and talking with leaders. And what are you seeing and hearing out there? I see, you know, I see a lot of different reaction. And uh, the, the, the common one is really people starting to panic. And uh, especially, I mean, all the entrepreneurs that I'm working on, I mean, very small entrepreneurs, solo entrepreneurs, they start to 
really look at the future, you know, with, you know, some of them have lost their income and they really don't know, you know, what the future is going to be for them. So they start to panic and, uh, and they lose control basically on, on, you know, their thinking. And what I tell them is that uh, they shouldn't actually let uh, this crisis go to waste. There's always, you know, things always ha happen for a reason. So it's, it's actually a good moment for them to uh, connect back with themselves and, uh, and, and really look at, again, you know, where they are and how they can capitalize on the situation happening right now. And uh, at the same time, letting them know that uh, it's okay for them to be vulnerable, it's okay for them to feel this fear, but they shouldn't be, um, they shouldn't stay into this state. They can, you know, they have to evolve, they have to take action, they have to listen to positive things around them. Uh, you know, like I said, reconnect with themselves, which means affirmations, uh, meditation, uh, prayer, whatever, it's going to be convenient for them. And, and, and really start to look at small things that they can be grateful for. For example, I mean, if you, if you wake up, I mean, you, you're grateful for that. If you can eat, if you, have, you can have one or two meals, even if you've lost your income, be grateful for that and try to really look at, you know, uh, where are the opportunity, even if there's, it's a small opportunity happening around them. So really trying to, um, to bring this uh, uh, high energy and positive energy into the environment for them to source into it and, uh, and try to look at the, uh, the crisis in a different way and, uh, and, and really force them to look for, you know, uh, focusing on opportunities like looking at what they've not been able to do because as an entrepreneur, as you know, I mean, it's always difficult to, to do everything. So look at the opportunity to do things that you've, you've not been able to do like reading or writing or connecting with, uh, uh, I don't know, online with different people, a friend, a family or go for a walk if you're not fully locked down, go for a walk and then sit down, enjoy the nature because sometimes we take things for granted and, and really resource ourselves, you know, to, 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 to go through this difficult time and, uh, and still strategize and, and uh, believe in our dreams because at the end of the day, it's gonna pass. So we shouldn't drop, you know, uh, everything uh, because we're scared. We, we have to keep going and we have to look at the long term and keep strategizing on that because we, a lot of actually people who've made it who are successful started you know their venture when it was uh, during a crisis i actually become became an entrepreneur four years ago because the oil and gas industry was depressed so i changed you know i I looked at things and opportunity and change, you know, and, and started to look at more uh, the coaching, the leadership, writing books, uh, speaking to, to really uh, keep going. And, and I think those are the, the kind of thing that I've, I've, I've been, you know, telling them that uh, it's not all gone. Uh, just look at things right. differently. I, I love that. And, you know, there's so much in that, but I think that, 
I, I wonder if people can really do that if they're in this state of fear. And I feel like when you um, are not sure of what to do or what's going to happen, and really let that kind of it spin out of control, then you have trouble doing all of those amazing, wonderful things that you just stated, Mariah, because you're so you're in this state. And so one of the things that you know I want to ask um, uh, Carla to speak to is what. How do we go about the process of just taking good, normal care of ourselves? How do we just, in this time, just do the things necessary to take good, sound care of ourselves? You know, Carl, I think you mentioned something the other day about sort of that crazy mind, uh, right? <laughs> what are some of those things that we can do to, so that we can feel good and confident that, you know what, I'm safe, I'm taking the proper precautions, and I'm okay? Yeah. Well, you know, this is a three-day conversation, but <laughs> <laughs> but, but it, and there's a lot of conversation, and there's a lot of sort of um, uh, there's a lot of conversation that we don't know who to listen to, right? So oh. one of the one, but one of the first things that I would just say is this. Uh, hold to your daily rituals, first of all, to the extent that you can, right? Mm -hmm. So, so embrace, embrace the, the pieces of your day that are still available to you that grant you the capacity to see the ordinary as wonderful, right? Mm -hmm. So it's tempting to, you know, lay in bed and watch stuff in the morning instead of getting up and taking a shower and making my bed. And, and, and so maintain, and whatever it is you do, I happen to have a morning ritual. I maintain that and bring myself to that. Um, and then we know all those things about, you know, about good sleep and, and, and good nutrition. Don't walk back and forth to the refrigerator make meals, sit down, mm. eat them as though you were at a banquet with everyone you loved, right? So really, really allow those rituals of our ordinary life to help keep us attached to ordinary life, which goes on and continues. There are things, though, that, that we are aware of. Um, I mean, I'm going to move into sort of my medical hat for just a moment, um, that we're aware of that make a difference. Soap is such a good product. <laughs> I mean, soap is so good. It, and that whole thing about hand washing, which we just kind of get careless about or don't think about or, you know, I mean, it's, it's so and creating the ritual around that. So if you're going to wash your hands, you can sing happy birthday twice if you want to. But wouldn't it be interesting to have something more meaningful that you sort of used as a mantra that meant something to you that lasts about the same period of time that anchors the knowing that in that small act, you are practicing self-care. Right. And there's something very self-honoring right now that's unfolding that is attached to this mandate to take good care of ourselves, maybe in a way that we haven't actually participated in before. 
So <clears throat> rather than seeing those things as uh, something that we do to be, to, so, because it's unsafe, it's really lovely to consider that these are the things that I'm doing for me, for the tomorrow person, right? The person who's going to wake up tomorrow. This is the care that I am giving to me so that my tomorrow will be better. Hmm. Wow. That's, right. that, that's awesome, Carla, because so often I think we don't think about that tomorrow. Yeah. So if I were a guest in my own life, what would I offer to myself, especially in these times, to to bring peace of mind, to put my mind at ease, to make my life comfortable, to make it a little easier, to make mm. it make it more um, delightful to be in the middle of my life. Now, delight is a tough word right now, right. and I'm not for a moment minimizing the experience that we're having, right? Um, so if that word doesn't work for you, I, I just offer to find a word that actually does. Maybe it's comfort, right? Maybe it's um, maybe it's honor, self-honoring. Um, and as we love ourselves, that radiates out into the world. So the other invitation is, as we sort of participate in our own self-care, it's not selfish, right? It's our way of also contributing to the well-being of the world. It's an offering that we have the, um, that we can actually do right now. I, you know, I have a friend who said um, to me the other day, and it was so powerful to me, he said, um, invisible is miserable, right? Invisible yeah. is miserable, right? Yeah. But invisible acts of kindness are a source of connection and caring for the whole world. So, yep, wash your hands. Yep, sanitize your surfaces. Yep, unpack your groceries uh, from a dirty space onto a sterile space and throw all that stuff away. Yep, stay six feet away from people. Be aware, notice all of those things, follow the rules, and also know that that is a loving contribution to the well-being of the entire world. Hmm. That's awesome. That's awesome, Carla. I love that because, gosh, so often we don't think about how your own self-care is a contribution, right? Never, probably... Um, it's not often that there are times where the things that you do or do not do can be so impactful on others, right? Others around us. And so we just have to go and recognize that. So picking up on that, I want to just ask all of you ladies to share and think about sort of what Carla just shared with us, because what popped into my mind is what's my one thing that I want to add to myself my day, my rituals um, for me as a part of that self-care for me in the current time. So think about what that is. And I'm going to ask you all to share. What's that one thing that maybe you can add for yourself? Because for me, uh, what I'm thinking is once the day starts, I get busy, 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 busy. 
And I think what I want to start making sure that I do is that at some point in the day, I just stop. I just still, I just reflect with gratitude and peace on the world around me and the positives. Choose intentionally for that moment to look at nothing but the positive things around me and in my life. And then just give myself that moment to do that each and every day. It, I don't care if it's noon time or 3 p.m. or whatever time it is. Because um, I do some in the morning, but then I don't go back to it. So I think for me, I'm going to reintroduce that uh, into something that I do. So, Roz, what might you do? Because you're great at having your rituals and your plan. What What do you think you might do or might want to do or think about doing in this time to add to your daily self-care? I can't hear you. Are you muted? Uh -oh. uh. Let me try to mute and unmute. Roz? Nope, can't hear you. Okay, well, let's play around with your audio and we'll come back to you, Roz. Let's give a minute to see if we can fix that part. Um, so, Moray, let's let's come to you. And uh, what is it that you might do? So in that spirit of what Carla was just saying and the importance of that, uh, what might you do or include uh, to really enhance that own self-care of yourself during this time of crisis? For me, I mean, uh, I've changed my routine a little bit. Um, and uh, what I really want to introduce is having time, sitting outside and just enjoying the nature. That's it. Just sitting in the garden with nothing, no book, no, no phone, and just looking at, you know, the trees, the, you know, the leaves, the whatever, the, the insect, and just sitting and thinking about the beautiful world that we live in. And, and I think it's, it's been able to lift me up, uh, even if it's in a restricted area, just sitting there thinking of, you know, this nature being part of the world and being empowering in a, in a certain way. And, uh, and those are things that I've not, you know, I've not really done before. And I really see the benefits of that calming me down and also understanding that I'm just part of a very, you know, a vast world and uh, I'm just a small entity into it. So I shouldn't actually be scared because the, the protection is there. The nature is there. It's carrying me. So basically having, you know, this source around me and, 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 and really relying on it and being confident that uh, whatever happened, it's going to be there to lift me up. So that's the, um, the routine that I've been doing for, for a few weeks now. <laughs> well, well, okay, Marie, I was with you for a moment. When you, the moment you said sit outside, enjoy the weather, I was like, yes. When you said no phone, I was like, no, no phone. <laughs> I was like, oh, I got a little nervous. I was like, I can't take my phone, but you know what? I, I probably should try doing that a little bit more. So. Just, it's, just in, it's just in the garden, so I don't need the phone. I'm just, and, and it's like half an hour, so I can leave half an hour without my phone. Definitely now. Okay. <laughs> All right. I think I disconnect from this extension of my body for <laughs> for.
for a half and you, an hour you'll, so you'll see the you'll see the benefit and 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 i think that's what i've, I've actually um understood you know uh, in this crisis um, really take the time to disconnect from everything the yeah. social media the radio the television people my family just sit in this corner in my garden <laughs> and just doing nothing and really looking at the sky and everything and the, the trees and and i find it really powerful that's awesome because i do love the outdoors and carla have you added anything at this time to your daily rituals or your daily self-care routines i have you have i have um uh so i am a uh, musician also mm -hmm. and i have not played for months. So first of all, I put myself on my calendar. Like literally, like put myself on the calendar. I'm kind of a calendar driven person and things are busy right now, right? So even though I'm at home right now, it's really busy. So I put myself on the calendar and I got out my old Billy Joel books. <laughs> And my old, um, uh, that, that well, I got a, a bunch of stuff out. So I'm, I am playing piano for half an hour every day. Oh wow! And, and I really have to sort of wow. inquire inside about what is, what, what is something that, that really draws me towards knowing that I'm connected to something greater, right? Mm -hmm. And for me, it's music. So I play piano. Wow, that's awesome. So we've got you playing piano. We've got Marae sitting outside just enjoying nature. We've got me being still. So Roz, what's the one thing that you're going to add to your routine or what have you added to your routine in the spirit of self-care during this crazy time of crisis? Well, I have added drinking a gallon of water every day. And I've also added exercise where I wasn't exercising before. So I've, I've started walking again. I've started climbing stair, uh, stairs. That's a monster right there. <laughs> so that's a couple of things that I have added. That's awesome. So I love that we're all thinking about this very intentionally. Yeah, I love that uh, because I, I think it's that intention that will help keep us all sane <laughs> and uh, in addition to keeping us all safe. Because I feel like if you can stay sane, you can stay safe. <laughs> you know, you can at least do everything within your power to, uh, to take the right actions and to be safe. And, you know, as we move through this time. Are you finding, let me end with this sort of lightning round. It's about 1045 and this might take us a little bit, but you know, are you seeing, are you having, are you experiencing, are you observing any specific challenges um, that folks are having um, right now that you might want to offer them a word to help them feel um, confident or peaceful or, you know, a little bit more supported in this time? Are you seeing anything specific out there that people are having specific challenges with. Um, Raj, you're nodding. For with, with the caregiving piece, because they're so used to their families coming to visit, yesterday we had to do, I, I know we had to practice social distancing, 
So I took my client in her car over to her daughter's house just so she could see her instead of doing, you know, they do FaceTime every day, which is okay. But to physically see her, her whole continence changed. So sometimes we have to think of, you know, maybe once a week, take them over there, even though they can't touch and hug, just to see them and to say, I love you. I miss you. Are you okay? As a mother, you want to know that your children are okay. And even though she's a mother and she's, you know, needing help, she's still a mother. She still wants her dignity as a mother. I still care as a mother. You are my child. I'm, I'm still want to take care of you. And that was her way of connecting with her. And it, it, it made the difference. So twice a week, I take her over there to see her daughter and to see the dog. And, the, and then we come back home. But, you know, we have to do that right now. You know, right. you, you've seen some of the pictures where they're sitting outside the nursing home and talking. You know, you want to see the fit. You want to you want to feel their presence. And that and, and that is so important. So, and even for long distance caregivers, I want to say this, writing a letter to your loved one is important. The mm -hmm. art of handwriting is gone. Writing a letter. I have uh, a client, he's, uh, his, I take care of his mom. He lives in California. I've asked him besides FaceTime to start writing letters. And so he's going to do that. He's going to drop her a card once a week to let her read. Wow. Those are the things because you have to remember their era was handwriting. Our era is technology. So mm -hmm. we have to, you know, we have to bridge the gap between the generations. And that's one of the ways that 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 I am helping my clients to to deal with technology, but then also to bring back some of the things that they used to do. Oh wow. I love that. That's so awesome, Roz. And April is out there. And April says that she's to her day, she has added walking and writing in a journal and praying more. So thank you so much for sharing that, April. Um, again, the intention behind what we're doing and why we're doing it, I think it's very empowering and very, very powerful. Um, I love that you're asking them and finding ways for your clients to connect um, even when they can't be physical. So, um, uh, Dr. Rotering, are you seeing any, um, I mean, I, I shouldn't even ask the question because I know you're seeing <laughs> lots of challenges out there, but you know, anything in particular that you just want to share a word, somebody might be dealing with, you know, like the grief of not being able to engage in their daily activities or, you know, their team might be struggling or what are you seeing that's really sitting with you? And then what would you offer as a kind word in, in reference to that? Um, wow. So grief, I actually wrote about grief yesterday, about this existential grief that we're feeling for the loss of something we can't even name right now. And... Um, and I, uh, and, and there's a lot of grief in my community, right? Um, grief for people, uh, grief for a way of being that doesn't seem to be, to be around anymore. Um, uh, grief for the burdens of the people that they're working with. You know, the people who, show, who are showing up at the bedside for me are people I know by name, right? These are my friends, I know their kids, 
you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's very real in my life. Um, uh, the grief for the risk that's occurring, right? Um, grief and guilt, right? Guilt, mm -hmm. guilt about somebody else has more exposure. I'm not doing as much as I could be or should be. Um, it, no matter and and no matter what we do, it, what, it, it's not in, enough because the bar is impossible to reach right now, right? Um, and and one of the things that that I think of saying is that that's okay too. It's okay to be to experience grief. In fact, it's authentic to acknowledge that we have these feelings. We have grief, we have guilt, we have fear, and all of those are really okay. Um, to allow that material to drive the car, <laughs> you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. that's kind of what leads us towards, you know, driving off the edge. Right. But, but I think something that really is important is to say it's okay to feel like this. Mm. Anybody would feel like this. Of course we feel like this, right? We're human. It connects us with, with our shared human experience. It connects us with the fact that we are human and that we are more than that, right? right. So be in that for a moment. Let it be okay. Right. Know that that's how you're feeling, that it's normal to feel like that, if there's anything like normal right now. Um, and give that feeling a little bit of space. Mm -hmm. Don't say, don't feel like that. Don't say, you know, oh, oh, and try to sort of turn that direction too quickly. Right? Um, I mean, my my solution to feelings I don't want to have is mashed potatoes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but what would happen to my weight if I just didn't turn to those mashed potatoes right now? Yeah. So just be okay to be in it. Wow. Love that. All right, so I want to um, ask if uh, I'm hearing a little bit of an echo, so I apologize for the technical difficulties. Um, and as we go around, just share one final thought as we wrap up. Well, first we've got um, Rob, would you mind, or uh, Murray, would you mind reading the comment that just came up for us? Uh, the, reading the comment, okay, so that, uh, I'm seeing a lot of people who are just angry. I'm trying to remember that the underlying imperium to anger is fear. Mm. That's from Jennifer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yes, I mean, fear is is part of it, and that, and I think that's the the first response that you you know that you have when you uh, in a situation that you can't uh, control because we all about control. So when we completely out of control, the first thing is fear. But uh, the important thing is to feel the fear, but uh, you know, try to be comfortable with it and uh, and and uh, have faith and hope that uh, 
uh, you're gonna be okay, and uh, you, you you're gonna you're gonna be better. And in you know in um, just to to come back to the question that you had before, I think one thing that um, we need to bring you know in in those kind of situation uh, crisis situation is generosity. Uh, generosity towards others and generosity towards ourselves as well. And so the generosity towards others, uh, because when we start to fear, we retract ourselves, we close ourselves. But I think at some point we need to start going out and uh, be of service again. For example, with uh, a group of women, we started to write letters. Uh, in, in my neighborhood, to write letters to our neighbors, asking them what they need in terms of support, either uh, money-wise or service-wise or anything. And then we started to to put all those letters into uh, into their letterbox, and some of them came back uh, with what they really needed. It was sometimes a support to go and buy something because there are some elderly in uh, around here or uh, just, you know, make sure that we call them and see if they are okay or because they need $20 or something like that. So have this generosity, even if we also short on something, but give this generosity, but at the same time, not forgetting about ourselves as well. Be generous with ourselves, take care of ourselves so that we can give more uh, of our time and our energy. So I think that's that's really the, what I wanted to say is that generosity needs to be, you know, uh, one key thing that we need to focus on uh, in, in this, you know, in this time of crisis. Hmm. I love that, that's awesome. I There's so much I think happening right now. And, and so, you know, for anybody out there watching, I wanna, Thank you. If you've contributed with a comment, I want to thank you so much for doing that. If you're watching on a replay, don't forget, you can continue to add your comments. We will respond to you throughout the week. And um, if you haven't done it already, don't forget to go to coffeewithrondashow.com. Not the Coffee with Rhonda Show, coffeewithrondashow.com, which will take you to YouTube so you can subscribe because we are moving to a YouTube show. So as we wrap up, I, I just want to say that I have um, really enjoyed um, our conversation today because I think there are so many little nuggets in there for everyone um, that they can take, they can sit with, they can decide which pieces really work for them in their life. Not everything will work for everyone, but we just offer some thoughts for you to be able to take uh, almost a smorgasbord, if you will, and you can pick and choose from that whatever um, might work best for you. So um, my amazing guests are here. We're going to do a quick roundtable and just ask you to share. We've been doing this uh, with some of my colleagues. We've been talking about um, how do we end on this positive, uplifting note. And so we're going to do a quick round and we're going to end on a note where um, we're going to share um, one word or two words. Uh, what one or two words would you offer as a source of inspiration uh, out there or motivation or, you know, something mm. that people can hold on to positively um, as they move through the challenging times? So what one or two words uh, would you offer out there? And uh, Carla, we'll start with you. Of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> I 
You're the king. So I would just say, be still. Yes, we have to let you go first. <laughs> All right, Roz, uh, how about your one or two words? Um, my words are going to be, don't be a critic, be a contributor. <laughs> don't be a critic, mm. be a contributor. And I want to fall back on what everybody else has been saying, serve others. We still can serve others. So, you know, you still can be a contributor in a time of crisis. Don't be a critic. Right. Don't be a critic. I love that. Great. Awesome. Marae? Uh, have faith, this shall pass. Hmm. Have faith, this shall pass. I love that. That is absolutely true. And I think for me, my word is going to be um, to be still. Just be still. Sit with that. Understand what, what's inside, what you're feeling, um, and reflect all of that good stuff that comes when you're able to be still. So with that, we are going to wrap up. I am so excited to relaunch our uh, Coffee with Rhonda show. I want to thank all of our guests and co-hosts for being here today. Dr. Carla Rotering, thank you so much for joining us. I know you are a super busy, amazing woman. I love you, love you, love you dearly. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, Raj Jones, uh, you are, as always, awesome. And thank you for the work that you're doing in your forgiving role. And Marae, thank you for everything that you contribute. You are such a dynamic contributor to the business world, to leaders out there. You inspire. Your posts are amazing. Your show is amazing. So thank you so much for being here. And I want to thank everyone out there for joining. We look forward to having another conversation with you. Remember, continue to take action to do the small things and the big things that contribute towards living your most amazing life. So until next time, we'll see you back here next Saturday, 11 a.m. Eastern for the next Coffee with Rhonda show. Bye, everybody. Okay. Bye. Bye.